Today's episode of The Andy Staple Show is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks at any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to staplesshow.robinhood.com. That's staplesshow, all one word, .robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on an uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, New Orleans edition. You may hear some sirens outside because we are currently in a room facing LSU's team hotel, and LSU has just won the national title. Nicole Auerbach, there are people about 12 deep waiting for their Tigers to return. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just glad and surprised that there is a police presence because if this city was lawless... Just imagine. I mean, this is with laws, with open container laws. But I, well, no, they don't have open container. I mean, laws no here. open container <laughs> that's laws. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I, they're just, they're smoking cigars in the locker room. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. Well, see, I thought when LSU won the national title within Louisiana's borders that all laws were suspended for 24 hours, and I'm sure the LSU players thought that too, until a gentleman from the New Orleans Public Safety Department came in. And Barney fifed his way toward like, where the listen, linemen were celebrating and I said... I appreciate him trying to be a lawful person. I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place, though. These guys are just, they're smoking some cigars, and he walks up to where some of the offensive linemen were and says, anybody smoking a cigar is subject to arrest. And poor Lloyd Cushenberry, their center. <laughs> Lloyd's a good kid. He just won the national title. He was smoking, and, and his cigar, he'd already put out the cigar because you, you, Lloyd's a good kid. Yeah, he listened. And he was, he was just sitting there like, please don't arrest me, sir. I didn't do anything. But that would have made the night even more epic. It would have it would have been legend status if the it entire really team had been hauled off. <laughs> really, and Odell really... Beckham Jr., by the way, who was in there partying, there you go. who turned off my tape recorder while I was interviewing Lloyd Cushenberry because he felt like Lloyd should be able to celebrate. And I don't disagree. I've been in this position, actually in that building before, yeah. 23 years ago. And that night ended with me out on Bourbon Street. And Were you arrested? I was not arrested. Okay. People asked for my autograph, and I explained to them that I was nobody and was a tackling dummy, and they did not even care. Yeah, you should absolutely sign. Well, I was with people who had actually played. But did you sign In something? the game. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I signed like, body parts. Yeah, if somebody asks you to sign yeah. something, you sign it. No, I was, I was if like, If they think you're somebody else that you're not, you do it. Well, they knew I was nobody. No, I know, but I'm saying even if they thought you were someone else. Yeah. So I'm hoping Lloyd Cushenberry gets that experience too, because he is somebody. Well, and he got scared thinking he was going to be arrested, but he's not. I mean, by the time our listeners listen to this podcast, half the team could still be arrested. The night is young. The night is young, and 
we have heard a lot of sirens over toward their hotel, but <laughs> I, I think, you know, little lenience is encouraged here tonight because yes. this is LSU winning the national title in Louisiana. And Nicole, if you go back a few years, could you have ever imagined this happening with Coach O leading LSU to a national title with a, an Ohio State transfer quarterback who put up maybe the best season a quarterback has ever had? No, because it's that last part that's the most shocking part. It's, it's the way that they did this. It took me half of the season to get used to watching a team in purple and gold throw the ball like this. Yes, because LSU has had a Stone Age offense yeah. forever. Yeah, and they Coach couldn't Jones throw tried. the ball. Yeah, but he would tell us every year, oh, this is going to be the year. Offense going to really air it out. We're going to modernize. But see, Les would tell us that, and then he wouldn't do anything. Right, but but oh, and then O would tell us, and then and he'd, try. he'd have different offensive coordinators, but they still wouldn't, couldn't do it. And, you know, we get excited about guys like Leonard Fournette. We get excited about the running backs, but we never saw. So it was for half the year I'm thinking, is this LSU? Like I'm turning on the game. It looks like LSU. They say it's LSU. Is this LSU? Then it's like, well, can they really do this every game? Turns out they can't. Like I, I don't think Joe Burrow he didn't have an off game ever. Yeah. But like he maybe, only completed sixty three percent of his passes. Oh, uh, it's tonight. an off game. Off game. And threw for four hundred sixty three like, yards and five TDs. I don't even think he had a bad half. No. All season. They, their offense never had a bad no. period, other than I guess the first quarter of this game. Yeah. Clemson, the only time Clemson three came out zero three blitzing on first down. It was something that, that they'd never showed before, and that would make it, according to what Steve Insminger told me, the seventh consecutive game where LSU saw a defense that the opponent had never shown on film. Mm. So what, what they were really good at throughout the year was getting off to the sideline, and that's, that's where Joe Burrow comes in. That's where those receivers come in. Lloyd Cushenberry comes in, and they tell the coaches, here's what we are seeing, here's the picture, and then Steve Ensminger and Joe Brady Fix figure it, it out. And, yeah. boy, they did it tonight. And Jamar Chase, holy cow. Is, I was thinking about this, especially, I mean, even maybe about halftime. Like, is it the Jamar Chase game? Like, it feels like oh, you yeah. could call it that. Yes. Well, if, I mean, I mean Burrow we're, threw we're, for four I know, we're always five gonna, CDs. We're always going to think of Burrow. Yeah. I get it. But this, is, this was Jamar Chase's signature moment. Yes. And I was – I was talking to him on the field after the game, and he's clutching a football in his right hand. And somebody asked him, which ball is that? And he goes, he goes that's Joe's ball. And they said, well, it's not one of the ones you scored on? He said, I should have gotten one of those, but I didn't. So I told Joe I'd hold this for him. I'm going to steal it and tell him <laughs> I lost it. I love it. I love it. That's something I would do. The other thing Jamar Chase said that I thought kind of it was emblematic of the whole team, he said he, he wrote his goals on his mirror this year. And then he goes, now I've accomplished all my goals. I guess I have to set new goals. I mean, that really is everything this team set out to do, they did. There's nothing else they could have done. I mean, we'll have a lot of time to figure this out where this single season ranks among single seasons in college football history, because, you know, we've been talking about this, right? You have the Heisman Trophy winner, the Litnikoff winner, Offensive Line Award winner, you have the Broyles Award winner for best assistant coach. You have now an SEC championship, national championship, undefeated, 15 and up. Like, there were so many things. Like, I don't know what else they could have done. Well, that's what 01 Miami, 95 Nebraska, these are the teams that, they'll be compared that to. are in that conversation. Yeah. They're the only ones that are in that conversation. Yeah. And this, this team is going to go down in history. Clemson's team last year was really good. But the thing is, it didn't have to play the kind of schedule 
that this LSU team had to play. It, it, it blew out a really good Alabama team in the yep. national title game. But this LSU team had to beat Alabama. They had to beat Auburn. Georgia. They had to beat Auburn. They had to beat Florida. You know, these are all teams that we're won at least We're not going to include games. Oklahoma in that category. I guess we don't. We, we can. I mean, we can. They did I win did, the Big 12. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. But they're clearly, we're not. That defense. That's the strangest against, thing. But when you see it against a Brent Venables defense and all the things that they tried. And again, it didn't work. Joe Burrow still beat it. But, you know, there, there is a huge gap between an improved Oklahoma defense and everybody else. And the thing is. Clemson's defense, while it, it wasn't as good as Clemson's defense last year, it was still a really good defense. Yeah. And once LSU got right in this game, they toyed with that defense. Yeah, I mean, again, maybe if you have two Isaiah Simmons or three, maybe that doesn't happen. That, that poor guy. I mean, he Isaiah Simmons was so good tonight. He was. And there was nothing he could do. He was one of the last Clemson players off the field because I, I was trailing Clemson after the game, and he was just crushed. He went over to the stands, and everyone was trying to lift him up because he's phenomenal. And he could not have played he better could than he not, did. Exactly. And, you know, as he was walking in the locker room, he was one of the guys who was crying into his jersey. And it, it's crushing because you know that he did – everything he physically could have done in that game. And he is the reason that that defense was close to championship caliber. Because if you don't have him and you don't have him and you line him up at all those different positions, Brent Venables can't do what he did with their no, secondary. No, he could not have made that game plan tonight. No. It would not have existed. No. And it, it, this is – but all of this from LSU is just so amazing to me when I think back to just four years ago. Yeah. So imagine for a second – that Joe Oliva does not lose his nerve. Remember, Joe Oliva was going to fire Les Miles at the end of the 2015 season. They'd started off, I think they'd started off 7-0, then they lost three in a row, and they finished with a win against Texas A&M. But I think it was, after, it was either after they lost to Ole Miss or Arkansas. that Oliva, Arkansas. Yeah, they, they lose to Arkansas, and Oliva floats the – Basically, I'm going to fire Les Miles story to the advocate in Baton Rouge. And Scott Rabelais writes a column, and, and we're like, ooh, looks like something's going on here. And we come to find out later, he, he basically had a deal in place with Jimbo Fisher, that that was all happening, but he gave Les Miles too much time to marshal his forces. Les gets carried off the field after they beat yep. A&M, and Joe Oliva loses his nerve. If Jimbo Fisher is the coach of that team from 2016 on – this doesn't happen. This does not happen. It took You needed Ed Orgeron to make this happen. But there's a couple other things you needed. You needed Ed Orgeron to be the interim at USC first. Yes. To kind of Learn figure out that. what he could do differently. Than Ole Miss. Than Ole Miss, yep. where he was not a good head coach. Then you needed him to not get the USC job. Yep. Much to the chagrin of current USC fans. Then you needed him to go to L- – and remember, he said this at the time. LSU was the only place he would take a position coach job. So he goes to work for Les in 2015, D-line coach, recruiting coordinator, and, and starts recruiting the players who you saw tonight. And then he gets the interim job again. And if he'd never been the USC interim. He probably doesn't get the interim job. Exactly. He goes 6-2 and two as the interim. Texas fires Charlie Strong, which takes Tom Herman, the hot name, off the board. Yep. And he gets the job. I mean, all that had to happen, or this never happens. Let's keep going. Uh, Joe Burrow 
has to be ignored by Nebraska. Has to be ignored by Nebraska first, then has to be a backup. He has to get and beat out then by be, De- beat right. out by Dwayne Haskins. Right. And decide to transfer. He has to be beat out by a first round draft pick. Yes. You know, but who hadn't started at that point. Right. And and you can say, oh, it's Ohio State. They always have good quarterbacks. But how many teams have a first round draft? Like the chances who's that, of who's that Big Ten records? Like right. for touchdowns. the chances of there being a first round draft pick in front of him to beat him out were slim. Yes. So but then it, it has to be the right when you're looking for destinations. You need to look at places where you think you're going to be able to be a starter. And, and Joe Burrow is a different cat now. Remember, he only, he only considered two schools, LSU and Cincinnati. And Cincinnati wasn't going to guarantee him the starting job, which, you know, good on Luke Fickle for that. LSU didn't actually guarantee him the starting job. They, were, they had like four quarterbacks on the roster, so they couldn't get away with that. But they, they recruited him real yep. hard, like, hey, if you come, wink, wink, nod, nod. And he hadn't started and really played in, what, three years? Yeah. By that point. And all of that stuff, then the Joe Brady piece had to fall. Well, that's, what, that, that's the other thing. So Orgeron calls his buddies with the Saints. Remember, he worked for the Saints for a little while. And says, hey, do you have anybody who knows about RPOs, run-pass option plays? Well, the Saints don't use a ton of run-pass option plays. But their offensive coordinator goes, you know, we have this guy. He's this 28-year-old. He's kind of, you know, guy who helps us out with some stuff. He doesn't really even have a title. But he was a GA at Penn State when Joe Moorhead was the hmm. OC, and they ran a ton of RPOs. Yeah. So hmm. we're going to send him to drive the 73 miles to, to LSU's campus, and he's going to clinic you guys for a couple days on RPOs. Can you imagine if they'd sent somebody different? All of those things had to happen for everything to align. Here's, here's one more. Year. Okay. Steve Ensminger. Oh, yes. Good the one. offensive coordinator, when O was the interim, then they hire Matt Canada, they fire Matt Canada, they convince Ensminger to become the OC again. He never really wanted to be, but then he's the OC, 61 years old. He was calling plays at Louisiana Tech when Joe Brady was born. So... It is a big ask when you say, hey, this guy who's half your age is going to teach you how to run our new offense, and then you're going to have him help you call it. Oh, and by the way, he's going to get all the credit. Right. You're not going to get any of the credit. You're not going to get any of the credit, and everyone's just going to be talking about him all year. You're going to act like he's the OC and you're not. Yes, and he's going to be the first Broyles Award winner who's not a coordinator. He's that good. And Steve Insminger says... Okay. Cool. Whatever it takes to win. That all that had to happen. You know what? A lot of this reminds me, of, or the, the a common thread here is a lack of ego. Yes, I think you're right. Because I think, oh, in the first place, to say we got to do something different, and I'm going to actually give control to the offensive guys and not interfere. There are a lot of head coaches who who can't. Who can't well, and do it that. took him being a complete failure at Ole Miss. When if you talk to people who yep. worked with him there, he was a horrific micromanager. He, he made life miserable for the assistant coaches and for the players, and he'll tell you that. And what, what he'd figured out by the time he got – because he kept a whole book of that stuff, like here's where I screwed up. And he gets the interim thing at USC, and it, it, the, the funny story, and everybody made fun of this, but that he, he brought cookies back to the training table. And his thing was, I can't be a tyrant to my players like I was at Ole Miss. And 
his, the way he put it was, if I treat my players like I treat my sons, that'll work. Because you don't want to be a complete pushover to your own kids. Right. You want them to respect you, but you also don't want to be a tyrant to your own kids. So it really is a, a pretty easy parallel. And I think, you know, he, once he got that part figured out, I think it probably deflated his ego a little bit. Yeah. I just, I think there's a lot of, you know, we, we get asked all the time, who are you rooting for? Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I got asked that a lot this week. A lot of people don't understand sports writing. And, and, and listen, I get it. They're like, you got to just gotta. said the Tigers and left it at well, that. I, try, I tried that. And then they're like, but say it differently. You know, like they're like, oh, we say can tiger. Tiger. Say chowder. Yeah. Say like, tiger. Come on. Like they're like, we can figure this out. But, you know, I mean, we were for great stories. And this game actually had great stories on both sides because Clemson going to try to go 30-0, Trevor Lawrence, two national championships, back-to-back, a dynasty. All of those things are a great story. But LSU had that human interest, that pull. There were just so many things. Joe Burrow was so likable. Yeah. You know what we don't talk enough about? What's that? He mooned America. He did. You're right. Won the Heisman. And mooned America, America. Won a national championship. Smoked cigars in the locker room. Like, and he's the most lovable guy. Right. Like, America loves him. And, and really, this all started, according to his teammates, with a fight during spring practice. He got hit by a freshman who didn't know any better. And offense and defense go at it, throwing hands. Joe Burrow's in the middle of it. And I, uh, Richard Lawrence told me tonight, after all that, Joe Burrow was slicing and dicing the defense. He, he gets better the more you hit him. They hit him at the end of the first half on that, yep. that blitz, and he, he threw to the hot guy who was, was Thaddeus Moss for a touchdown. And, I mean, it, it looked like he cracked a rib. Yeah. He came back better. Yeah, there, were like, there was like two plays where he ran the ball and he kind of went down and tried to like kind of protect his ribs and like have people hit his back, and then it stopped. And then he was just – like he was so good this year, so remarkable and so likable. You know, you just got to hope and pray that Cincinnati Bengals don't ruin him. But he was – I have no optimism on that, that part, by <laughs> the way. I'm just like hoping. I'm sorry, I'm, Joe. I love you, I'm but hoping. I'm worried about you. Oh, man. But, you know, he was, he was so likable. He was so tough. He was a great runner. He was a great passer. He found windows. He would scramble and scramble. I saw one of my, my buddies, Chris Herring, tweeted, when Joe Burrow scrambles for more than 15 seconds, it seems like his completion percentage is 104%. And it's true. It's true because, they one, the receivers are such good athletes. When they go into a scramble drill, yeah. somebody's getting open. But Burrow is so good at keeping a play alive. There's another guy I, I think that made this team extremely lovable, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Because you think about the lineage of LSU backs, and you, half the time you know them before they even set foot on campus. Leonard Fournette's a good example mm-hmm. of that. But, I mean, Kevin Falk, Darius Geis, Jeremy Hill, they've had so many great running backs. This was a guy that nobody expected anything from this year, and he was – Maybe they're it, – it's funny because we're saying this. Uh, Jamar Chase won the Bolitnikoff, yep. was unstoppable tonight. But Clyde was maybe their scariest offensive weapon he was to so an vers- opposing so defensive versatile. coordinator. He was so versatile. Yeah. I mean, they, people they people would call him like a safety valve, and I was like, that is insulting to safety valves. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean – Or maybe a co- giant compliment to safety valves. Whichever way it is, that's not what he was. No, he was a weapon. 
Yeah. He was a weapon. He, you didn't need, it didn't matter where you lined him up. You could line him up in the slot. You could line him up wide as a single back with a full back in front of him. They, and they did it all. Honestly, it was a little bit similar to how Clemson used Travis Etienne at the peak. I mean, they didn't yeah. do that in the, in the title game. But the difference is Etienne had two years as an elite running back. Right. And Edward people Solaire, knew, and yeah, people knew that. We're just like, oh, LSU just doesn't have that guy this year, and they always have this, that guy. Well, it turns out they did. We just didn't know it. Again, I mean, you look at this roster, and we look back, right, you mentioned the Miami team in 2001, and you look at how many guys, what they go on to do in the NFL. This is going to be one of those rosters. Yes, yes. There's players, especially that defensive line. And mm-hmm. I go back to the Mississippi State game two years ago where they just got shredded in Starkville. And in the end of the game, they had three healthy defensive linemen. Those guys had to play every play. They were dying by the end of the game because they had nobody else. They had no depth. You know, it, it, people forget that along the line of scrimmage, they were in pretty bad shape when O took over the really when he took over as recruiting coordinator and that's when it started to turn around he started getting some of those guys that you saw helping out tonight but they were legit too deep on the defensive line they legitimately had seven offensive linemen they were very comfortable starting in a game that is not what they would have told you Mm -mm. two years ago even last year this is another lesson We, we talk about you know kind of that 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 gap and how it widens between the haves and the have-nots or the playoff contenders and or the national championship contenders and the, and the not. I mean, you look at the way LSU is recruited over the last five years. That's why this team did this. Yeah. Like we talk about, you know, the Joe Brady piece, the Joe Burrow piece, all these things, but it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the line of scrimmage. It's, it's recruiting a lot of these Louisiana kids and building and building because we know you have to have top five, top ten recruiting classes yeah. and that level talent to win at this level. Right. You do, and they were not getting that at the very tail end of the Les Miles yeah. era, and now they are. Now, now they're getting this. Now, here's the, the thing, though, because if I said which of these two teams will be in this game next year. Clemson. You're going to say Clemson. I knew you were going to say that. No hesitation. And, and you'd probably say which SEC team could be in this game next year. Hmm. Uh, Alabama? You didn't say LSU. I didn't that's, say LSU. That's, that's the, the They point. lose a lot. They lose a lot. Yep. They lose Joe, Joe Burrow, and I yeah. think that's big. They may lose Joe Brady. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. Apple's 2017 App of the Year, with over 37 million downloads, offers an array of benefits, including an improved night's sleep, sharper focus, decreased anxiety, lower blood pressure, and much more. You, too, can experience the benefits of Calm by visiting calm.com forward slash staples for 40% off a Calm premium membership, which gives you access to Calm's library of meditation programs, ranging from sleep stories for bedtime and breathing exercises to relaxing sounds and videos. See firsthand why Calm has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, The New York Times, and other major publications like us at The Athletic. Don't wait. Visit calm.com forward slash staples for 40% off a premium membership to the number one app for sleep and meditation. The, the interesting thing about this is, is people don't think about what the job is of a college football coach. They think, okay, Joe Brady's done great. He's now in line to get a seven-figure payday, be LSU's offensive coordinator. Because, again, the great Steve Insminger. No one remembers him. <laughs> no ego. He would be perfectly happy if you made him offensive coordinator emeritus or whatever you want to call it. But also Joe Brady could go to the NFL. Yes. 
And you know what you don't have to do if you're in the NFL? Recruit. You don't have to talk to 16-year-olds for six hours a day. And that's a, that's a big thing. I, I, and I don't think you know, people understand that. And, and Joe Brady has only had to recruit this year. This is right. the only year because he was a GA at Penn State. They don't recruit. So if he wants to, he can just go to the NFL where it's all ball. He probably wouldn't make quite as much as he would at the college level. But what's your sanity worth? Right. And, and listen, Clemson, you know what Clemson keeps? Everybody except Jeff Scott and Travis Etienne? Yeah. Yeah. And T. Higgins. Yeah. That's but they it. have Justin Ross. They have Justin Ross. And they have Joseph, Joseph Ngata, who uh, they hasn't really They have Trevor Lawrence. They do. Yeah, Joseph Ngata is going to be really good. Yeah. I mean, we saw him a lot because their second team offense – got in the games a lot as yeah. someone who co-hosted a Clemson podcast and had to watch oh, yeah. the garbage time they got a ton of reps and, and they're going to be really good but you also so basically you bring everybody back you bring back Trevor Lawrence who has been pro ready for like a year and a half right. at this point oh oh are and, you ready for the off season of stories of Trevor Lawrence should skip the season blah 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 yeah that's gonna happen it's, it's absolutely it's, gonna it's happen. coming uh, and also the number one recruiting class they've never had the number one recruiting class. right in all of this Two national titles. To add now. Yeah. Four national title games in five years. They now have a number one recruiting class. So, yes, they're, they're in very good shape. Lucky them. What, what, imagine what they could have done. Exactly. You know, I mean, so, so they're reloaded, clearly. Like, they will be – they're going to be the preseason number one. In, yeah. If not in every poll, most of right, them. Right, because we don't exactly know what Alabama will be because exactly. we don't know who plays quarterback for them yet. Uh, defensively, we know they're going to be a lot better because they get Dylan Moses back and uh, they're going to be older and wiser. Top five? I think so. And you got to give them is, some of the benefit. Well, of and the other thing is, I think LSU's defense—they're yeah. still going to be very good. I know they're going to lose some some good players. They're going to lose some playmakers on offense, but I do think they're not far away from being able to reload the way Clemson and Alabama do. Remember, we thought that Ohio State was going to take a step back, and we we're no, like, oh, and they were way better. We're like, let's put them in number five. Like, unclear, new coach, new quarterback. Who knows? This is the year they're gettable in the Big Ten. Yeah, we were wrong. So I feel like that that's going to happen a little bit with LSU because we're just like uncertain how yeah. much Joe Burrow meant. Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, is it going to be Miles Brennan? Right. who is supposed to be the heir apparent at quarterback. Is it going to be somebody else? Do they go in the transfer market? Derek King put his name in the portal. During the game? I don't know that, that he's necessarily... Well, he announced it during the game. Yeah, I don't know that he's necessarily the type that they're looking for. But who knows? I mean, it's a pretty soft market right now yeah. because Jamie Newman, the best quarterback on the market, has said he's going to Georgia. Right. And we know that you can do this. You can win with transfer quarterbacks quickly now like that was something that was something you know for for a long time Russell Wilson was like the exception to the rule he was the Cinderella story yeah because because all the other guys were guys who got beat out now mm -hmm. Joe Burrow is a guy who he got, got beat, beat out, out but he got beat out by a first you round you gotta remember pick. who he got beat out by and, and I yeah. think that there have been enough guys this playoff in you know as a perfect example of that that have shown that you can do it if you're really good yes by the right system right coordinators yes and the thing is We'll see what happens with Brady. As we record this, we don't know. Now, we'll probably get some, some clarity on that here in the next few days. But if he does decide to go to the NFL... Could change things. Right. Can they, can they run this offense without him? I, I do think there's probably enough brain power that you can find. And, and Joe Brady, if he goes to the NFL, I guarantee he'll be willing to help whoever comes in with whatever they need to learn. Because 
remember, he does owe a debt to Ed Orgeron and LSU for turning him from a fairly anonymous NFL staffer to the hottest name in coaching. Almost a household name. I mean, if you're a sports fan, you know who Joe Brady is now. Which is crazy. Yeah. Which I'm sure Joe Brady never expected. I think he, I think he just got an agent like this past month. Like, why would he have needed one before? <laughs> well, exactly. And, and yeah, the, those agents, I'm sure, are, are very happy that, uh, that they landed him. Because that's a, that's a big get right there. You oh, get yeah. the hottest guy in, in coaching. So. Oh, yeah. But, and, and we'll see. I mean, that's the, the Trace Armstrong crew. And they have a lot of good coaches. Uh, they represent Matt Rule, who just mm. left Baylor for the Panthers. Huh, weird, because the Panthers probably need an offensive coordinator. Is that so? Just that's a coincidence. Just crazy. Coincidence. Funny how that works. Coincidence. They also represent Tom Herman at Texas, mm. and they needed an offensive coordinator, and mm. uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, and he needed an offensive huh. coordinator. And You wonder how that comes James out. James Franklin at Penn State, he also needed an offensive coordinator at one point. So uh, Joe Brady, the market has been brisk for Joe Brady, and all this has done is, is raise his value. So I'll be very curious to see, one, what he does, and two, what that means for, for LSU. Yeah, and, and like you said, the SEC as a whole. Yes. Because the makeup has changed drastically with the coaches, especially in the West. Um, and and really just everything from there. And, and I think Bo Nix is now one of the more tenured quarterbacks. Kyle Trask is probably the best returning starter in the SEC. Yeah. That's – I mean, if, if you Nix told has, somebody that before the season, Bo they would be like, what? is going to be a true sophomore and is going to have – more starts than you know how many quarterbacks oh, in that yeah. league well that's the thing i mean it's it's bo Nix, kyle trask ryan holinsky i mean it's i mean jamie newman's had experience just, oh he's got a ton know. of starting experience yeah. at, at wake forest so but it is it is going to be a really interesting league next year because we don't know exactly what lsu will be we don't know exactly what alabama will be and we don't yet know what georgia will be kirby's got one more spot on his staff they the Mississippi the, schools are yep. who knows. Mike Leach is there. Maybe he goes. Will he go and get a quarterback, or will he use Garrett Trader or Keaton Thompson? I mean, uh, Lane's got two very different quarterbacks at Ole Miss, and Matt Corral and John Rice Plumley. I mean, this is going to be a weird, weird league, and we all know the SEC is at its best when it is at its weirdest. I agree, and and you know, again, we're going to have we can we can get some of the off season storylines right now. You're right. Trevor Lawrence, should he play at all next year? Yes. Uh, doesn't matter. He's going to. Right. He's going to play. <laughs> you you not will not be able to talk him out of it. So hot takers, whichever side Skip or Max Kellerman takes, I'm not sure who's going to take, take the which other side. One. He's going to play. He's going to play. Doesn't matter if he should or shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, um, what, are, what are some other Is Alabama there? back? Is Alabama back? Uh, is this Clay Helton's last year at USC? Which I feel like Michigan we Can Michigan beat recruit. Ohio State? Probably not. Oh, do we have to ask we do. that? We do, every year. Really? Yeah. I feel like we shouldn't ask that again until they do it. I would, I would love, to love that to Can be the narrative. Can somebody in the beat Big Ohio Ten State. beat Ohio State? Okay, I like that. Penn State could. Penn State that's with the new offense, would be, it could be kind of interesting. They were they really young and Build really around talented. the lawn, boys. There we I, go. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, Can Greg some, Schiano back. Oh, Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers, a yeah. Jersey guy in Jersey. Can somebody beat Oklahoma in the Big 12? That's a good one. Will Spencer Rattler play start? Wind up in New York. Yeah. Every quarterback that has played for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma has wound up in New York. That's a good one. Will the Pac-12 make the playoff? I think Oregon is built 
to maybe do it. But I thought they were going to get Jamie Newman. Mm. But it makes more sense for him to go to Georgia. He's from North Carolina. You know, they probably stand as good of a chance or better than Oregon at making the playoffs. So that mm. makes sense I to still, me. I'm going to say Oregon will. So Tyler Shook, it's on you, buddy. I have faith. You got you got to replace Justin Herbert, but guess what? You got Penny Sewell blocking for you. I you love got him. Thibodeau on the I other side him. of the ball. Woo. So I think those those are some of the big ones. Nicole, it has been a very fun season, and I thank you for always donating your time for this podcast. I thought you paid me. No, um, I was going to invoice you at the end of the season. Is that is that not happening? Um, about that. Um, we're going to have to talk to HQ at The Athletic. Uh, okay, all right. You know we don't get anything extra for these podcasts, right? It is true, but I will accept a free drink from you, like that you pay for, or from Media Hospitality, which oh, I think sweet. is still open. Why don't we do that? Let's do that. They're, they're flowing in there. So we are going to go down there because there's a buffet where everything at every station involves bacon. Literally. There's a bar where there's a drink that has bacon in it. There is? Uh-huh. Okay, we'll There's try that. There's a bacon drink. So okay. we're going to do that. But just because the season's over does not mean the Andy Staple Show is stopping. Oh, no. We're going to keep delivering episodes just like we have been. We're going to have a lot more fun. You know, during the season, we got to react to games. we got to hey, keep Be a little, little buttoned bit serious. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to have more fun in the offseason. We're going to help bring you the world of the athletic when somebody has a great story, we're going to bring that writer on. We're going to take you really deep inside those stories. We're going to have great interviews with coaches. I'm going to spend like a month in Mississippi this spring between Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. There will be a Mike Leach episode of this podcast. I cannot guarantee that it will clock in at less than two hours. I'm just going to let him talk until he either stops or the batteries run out. Batteries. I think you're right. Nicole, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Let's hit the bar. Let's go to the bar. <laughs>